Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother, Tasia Dash. Guys, so we last week before we came into this easy stretch of games, we talked about with 6-0 be the ideal spot. And if anything less than that would be bad. I think we said 5-1 would be okay with anything less than 5-1 would be. That's really like, okay, that's 4-2 would have been good. But you know what? Last seven games, 6-1. But these last six games, 5-1. Are you guys happy with the um, the six-game stretch? I'm I'm fine with the five and one. I mean, I would love to 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 go six and zero. Um, disappointed in how it went, um, and and losing that game, especially at home. I mean, I just don't think you need we should be losing home games like that. Um, and you know this this game kind of looks like a, it kind of feels like a game that could come back and haunt you late in the season. I hope not, but it feels that way f- for me right now. Tejo happy with the five and one? No, I wanted to go six and zero, oh, but at least we lost. At least we lost to the best of those teams, so that's a plus side. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. But the best without their best players, that's like us not having Maxi, and basically, that's what it's like. Yeah, but I think their winning percentage is actually higher without Levine. But yeah. They're not better on paper, but they're playing better. I guess Kobe White's role is a lot more well-defined when Levine's not out there. I mean, he's been averaging, I think, like 20-plus. That seems like more like coaching than playing to me. But anyway, I'm just saying. You mean mean think it's easier to coach without Levine there? No, I'm just saying that seems like more of a coaching – issue than a playing issue if you say they're playing well or do, they're doing things without Levine. Like, oh. mm-hmm. I mean, last time they went to the playoffs and did all that stuff, he was on that team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm not saying they're better without him. I'm saying they're playing currently better without him. Maybe that was going to happen anyway, even if he was there. Maybe it was just a up and down way for him. Who knows? Well, yeah. I guess we will know soon when, we, when he comes back. Yeah. Um, so kind of sticking with the uh, the topic of the last six-game stretch. So on the six-game road trip against inferior opponents, we want to go undefeated. We went 5-1, which is fine. We lost the Bulls by four in a game where Embiid and Maxi combined for 69 of our 104 points. But our third-leading scorer is where the kind of problem exists here. Uh, had eight points. Paul Reed was our third-leading scorer with eight points. Um, it was about this time a report surfaced that the Sixers are more likely to target a high-end two-way player 
towards the trade deadline rather than an offensive first player like Zach Levine. Um, this is uh, per Sam Amick. Um, after last night, I mean, would you feel that's the right move to go for a two-way player, uh, Eric Tasia, uh, or uh, do you think we do need to get an offensive first guy, or are you you know not going to raise an alarm after one game like this last night? Who's the two-way player that we're supposed to be going after? I mean, that's what it kind of you know we're throwing straws on like we we just throw throw what a type of player out without saying who that type of player is. So it's kind of hard to be like, say yes or no on a deal when we have no idea what type of player that 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 is. So if you obviously for Tasia, if you said Mikael Bridges, then he like great. But yeah. if you threw another guy, you may be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we need a guy like Levine Morris. So I, it's kind of hard without names to, to say if that would be better for us or not. Um now, I don't particularly think, you know, the way we played yesterday. I don't. I don't. I'm not into right now. It's a situation where you're saying we, we what we don't have. I, I just think I thought we we had enough to win that game. It was more of what we were doing more so than what we don't have. How about Maxi and Embiid shooting fifty-one of our eighty-eight shots? I thought that was that's 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 come on, man! You can't take all the shots and then complain about people not shooting, not scoring. Like, come on, man! Stop it! Like, if if you're gonna take all the shots, then make all the shots at the end of the game when it's time to win. Yeah, our other three starters combined for twelve shots in the game. Come on, you taking all the shots and take all the shots and win the game. 12 shots and 12 points they had, our three other starters. Um, Maxi had one less three taken than the other starters had shots total. I mean, five for 11. I can't argue with the percentages. It's a good percentage, sure. So so should I I be an a-hole and say, well, where's the the great offense that, that did so much better than what Doc did? Because if Doc did this, we know what everyone, what you all would be saying. I think we'd still be Asia, you and your Aaron. people, Marcus, you and your people. We know what you guys would be saying. <laughs> I was a Doc fan, Eric. I like Doc. <laughs> you and your people. I'm not. I'm not defending Doc. I'm just saying, like, this is just shows like we would. We've been talking about how fr- even the players have said it. Even the players yeah. have said how free flowing and how great the offense was. And I'm saying all I'm seeing is two man game pick and roll with, with Maxi and Joel. Dribble handoffs, yeah. That's all I'm saying. And, I, and I've I don't think, I didn't see it as much at the beginning of the year, but these last ten games or so, that's all we've seen. And teams are figuring it out. So if they don't shoot well, like Joel scored well, Maxi didn't shoot well, and he shot a lot of tough shots. Um. Joel didn't get to the free throw line. They defended him well. So he didn't slow the game down. Yeah. And then he punished us on all the end, primarily with those two guys. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Joel had one of the best statistical games you could see, but in my eyes didn't really play well. 
So at the end of the game, well, I know he missed time. I was like, well, because he called to come out in that fourth quarter. He called to come out when they took him out. So I thought he was injured or something. When Maxie had that turnover and he kind of twisted, and then he pointed right to the bench and went out. He never even came back on the court. It wasn't like a guy was at the scores table waiting for him. If you go back and look at that play, they threw that turnover. He went over there and went to the sideline, pointed to the bench, and walked to the bench and went out. And they never came back for a while. Even when they were down, like it was, it took a minute for him to come back. Um. So, and then when he came back in, to me, it just wasn't the same. I mean, he couldn't get out on pick and rolls. He couldn't get out on shooters. Um, guys were getting rebounds over top of him. Offensive rebounds, like, went in to finish, didn't really finish at the rim. He like, looked hesitant and timid a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, well, maybe that was it. Because if it, if it wasn't it, then it was just he didn't perform in the end. And you can give him passes because he's done so much. But we so quick to jump on the guys that didn't score when it was winning time, then the guys that's doing all the scoring got to win the game too and do that part. He was minus five yesterday, which is his third worst mark of the season. But if you look at – That's what I'm saying. Like, for a guy that has this – from the stats, he looked great. But, like, watching, it, it didn't look like that. It didn't look dominant as the number said, like the number said it did. So we're two and four when he has a minus on the court, which I, I would expect, really. I mean, it's not too big of a shock, but it's just interesting to see it out there like that. Um, I'm not going to be I'm gonna be too hard on him or them because he's on a, just an unbelievable streak. Um, and we, our offense has been averaging like a hundred and like 30 a game for the past like week. So I, I can't be too upset, but more of a, if this keeps happening, something's gotta, I mean, we gotta figure something out because yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not like upset or like pushing the panic, but all I'm saying is the things that we've been talking about, they were doing so great. It's like, it's almost like it could be sugar-coated or hidden that you thinking it's better, things are better than it actually is. It's like yeah. high, It's like winning, winning hides some stuff. And that's why I've also said our, our schedule has come into play. Like we haven't really played a, a, a lot of really good teams. Yeah. We haven't so had a tough these stretch. Huh? We haven't had a tough stretch again yet. Yes. That's so so a lot of things can be hidden in the winning. You can you could be playing a certain way and people taking you winning as you're playing really good. It's good to kill teams you're supposed to kill. I do like that. Like we're not squeaking by bad teams. It's great. You're beating teams by 53 points. I, yes. I love seeing that. Um, not the most entertaining to watch when you're absolutely. I mean, but just I mean, we beat we we won four games against two the two teams with the worst record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm glad we demolished them. You're supposed we we did what you're supposed to do, right? Um, yes. 
And I'm also glad we played a Chicago before we jumped that to a Minnesota. Because we went from Charlotte to Minnesota. Minnesota might have blown us out. So at least we're kind of like coming back up in the in the level of, of competition. And then we had to play, you know, the top team um, in, the, in the West. But, um, yeah, I obviously I would judge us more based on how we do against playoff-like opponents. Um, but – and going back to the two-way, one-way thing, um, games like this don't really change my opinion. Uh, I would rather go, I guess, for a two-way, but you better you better make sure that two-way player, that offensive way is still in the 15 to 20-point range. I guess he's got to be aggressive because if he's not aggressive, then he's going to be like with the other guys taking three shots a game while Maxi and MB take six seventy. So, um, whoever that is, you got to have like a killer mindset. Because I mean, if you, I mean, I would assume Harris would be in a deal like that. If he's not, let's say let's say they can get a good two way player. Let's just say, for instance. Let's say we find a way to get Ananobi without giving up a major chip as far as like on the on the court. Let's say they keep Harris somehow. We get rid of like Marcus Morris and like Ferk and a bunch of like first rounders without giving up. How is Ananobi gonna take how's he gonna average 15 points anyway? If you still have Harris and but and um Ubre, Ubre's an aggressive shooter. He he doesn't care. He he'll, he'll jack him up. So some, those shots got to come from somewhere. I, I don't. I, I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see how they unfold this. Yeah. Speaking of Ubre, second um, second loss in the Ubre 76ers era, and it snaps the uh, the 13 game winning streak we had with Ubre uh, on the court. Yeah. So kind of a tough one in the Ubre era. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, diving more into possible trades, uh, there have been reports that a trade is more likely closer to the deadline. So my question to you guys is, um, what are the pros and cons to getting a deal done later as opposed to earlier? I mean, obviously the, the main one would be probably more people are going to be up for, you know, tr- trade at the, at that time of the deadline rather than right now. Cause everyone thinks they have a shot still. Go ahead. Take we got, um, I'd say the main pros of doing it sooner would be a player can get more acclimated to the team. Uh, The team can get more used to him being a part of the lineup and just figuring out the best lineups with him on the court, off the court rotations. Uh, The more time, the better before playoffs start. Right. Um, I'd say the more pros to doing it later, as close to the deadline, like you said, would be a player that is available a week before the deadline might not be available at the present moment. Um, maybe we're waiting for a disgruntled guy to say, I want out, or maybe uh, maybe contract negotiations for a player to say, hey, I'm not going to resign here next year. You may as well just start to trade me, um, that kind of thing. Or or just players or, or teams just uh, go off the rails and just fire sale all their players. Um, if it comes down to, I guess it, it might come down to, would you rather have a slightly better player later? or a slightly weaker player like now to get more acclimated, I would rather wait personally um, because you're not just doing it for this year. You're doing it for Embiid's window and beyond, or this year beyond for Embiid's window. Yeah. I mean, obviously those are some obvious ones there as far as like, you know, having more acclimation and guys who may not be available now will be available around the time of the deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's and well, Toronto's a, a a good example of that. They think they have a shot right now. Yeah, give them another month or two of just like win two, lose two, win two, lose two, just like kind of like not going anywhere. Maybe you know, maybe they're more willing to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some other ones coming to mind. Who are they waiting for? I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, what teams are on the cusp right now? Um, I mean, you could say if Cleveland goes from 15 and 12 to a lot worse than this with the injuries they have, and Mitchell apparently is not going to resign there, that would be a team. Yeah. But you're also it doesn't really fall into the two-way player thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Nets? If they're considering not as high end of a guy as you think, maybe they're going for like the Dorian Finney Smith type. Yeah. That's a guy who they might be like, all right, you could have him. Um, Pelicans are playing good ball, or also I'd say they'd be a team doing that. As far as getting um, Utah, Utah's another team like that with marketing. If they're just like, screw it, like, well, we, whoever, you know? Yeah. Do the Warriors ever say that? With with the Wiggins type? I mean, yeah, everyone but Steph. Yeah. I don't know. Thing with the Warriors is Warriors can get into the playoffs as the bottom seed and win it all if they get hot. Uh, yeah. And if things are clicking. So as long as they're in just a playoff conversation. I don't think they're ever just going to sell it. I mean, flipping like a Tobias for Wiggins. I mean, just to, that, that went, it's not a rebuild for them. That's literally just trying a different piece there. And Tobias still gives them a chance to compete this year. And then you also, you know, flipping a guy who's not playing well this year. Yeah. And that is, that is a two way guy. Yes, that's true. There you go. So Eric, what what are your thoughts on the um, the question here, the uh, the pros and cons of uh, doing a deal now versus waiting? I mean, I, I don't really see it a wrong answer either way. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I think it's just it kind of depends on what you truly feel your team can do going forward. If you truly feel this team can win a championship, then you you would wait. Um, but if you're questioning that, then you can make a move now. But I think it ultimately comes down to, do you think this team as is um, can make a run? Um, and that's a question we don't know. I mean, it's this team has proven they can win games. Um but to make a run and, and you know, when four beating teams four times twice, I mean, you know, go four times, four times straight. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we don't yeah. know. I mean, I would like to think we can. You have Joel, so you, you have that guy, and you, you know, sort of the Denver mold. And they did it with basically seven guys. So, you, you know, if you feel you can do it, I don't see the need to. 
I wouldn't necessarily say rush into a, a decision, but you have to be confident that this is going to make you better. And if that's the case, I feel you make the move whenever, whenever you 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 do it. You don't have to wait till things aren't going well in order to make that move. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say wait, especially if you think you get a better player later on. Oh. A better player for what we need. And it gives us more time to kind of evaluate what we need. That's another yeah. plus, too. Like, we can keep narrowing it down. Like, okay, well, we thought we needed a great – because if we made this deal a month or two ago or a month ago, we probably should have gone for the best score possible. But like Maury said, because of the yeah. way Maxie has just ascended and, like, taken off as a, just a legit scorer – we don't really need to go for a guy who can average 25. We can go for a guy who averages like 18, but who also plays really good defense. I don't know where those guys are and if they're available yet, but, you know. Yeah. And even when you talk about if you, if you wait two weeks, I mean, Morris is, what Morris has done for us as far as actually getting production and actually playing, like three weeks ago, he wasn't even playing. We'd say, oh, package Morris out here. But now – way Morris isn't playing like oh okay maybe he is part of that that rotation that we have you know so like we're still figuring out things I mean this team's still fresh I and mean, still it's only about like a month since that 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 Harden trade but if we know anything about Maury we're, we're gonna wait till he's gonna take this thing to the uh yeah. the, 20, the 25th hour uh yeah. to get a trade done our our sample size of Maury so far um all right so uh we're gonna go to our final topic here we got a game, so we have one game until we meet again on Friday, and that game is against the Timberwolves, uh, two of the best teams in the league right now. Um, and two of the teams that they're actually getting a lot of uh, a lot of pub on the uh, on the morning shows and stuff. I think Stephen A. Smith and uh, Shan Sharp said that the Timberwolves and the Sixers are the um, uh, the dark horses that to win it all this year, uh, which I thought was was interesting. But uh, we are a four point favorite at home. The second time we dark horses as far as outside of the. The, the, the dark horses to win it, yeah. Outside of um the the the, the Nuggets, uh, Nuggets, Celtics, and Bucks were, were, the, were the three teams they named ahead of those ahead of us too. But they said we're not that. Both both teams are not that far away from the Celtics and. Yeah, Bucks. I, I just it. I just don't understand how you call a team with a MVP and finished top three a year ago and and they're basically been the top team all year a dark horse. I just. That that word just kind of like I don't understand that like a dark horse. To, but okay, go ahead and finish. Maybe like calling Duke a Cinderella team in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean like Minnesota is, but you know they I would say they're a dark horse and they haven't really finished the way they are. But you can't sit up here and say in the last couple of years we're we're Minnesota. Like I just don't. That's yeah. that's all I'm saying. Well, I think so. The, the point Stephen A was saying it's kind of a shock. Because a lot of people didn't expect this growth from Maxi, and I guess it's everyone thinks it was just a open and shut uh, case of Boston and Milwaukee this year. But Sixers are kind of throwing a wrench in that. That's how they, that, that was where he was going with that. But, as much as I like the Nuggets, they if they have any kind of injury problems that continue, then like they're not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Like we've seen how they do in the playoffs when they have injury problems, and they that doesn't happen for them. So Murray's got to get right okay. before the playoffs start. But I think, I think in general, you can say about a lot of teams. You say, say about you know Milwaukee, like last year without Giannis, that didn't go well for them. Take Embiid out of the equation for us, we're not even talking about. We're not. We're not. We're not, we're not talking about getting out of the first round without Embiid. 
Yeah. No, but hypothetical. It's not hypothetical because Murray is like hurt and he's battling injuries. Yeah. Last year they were pretty much healthy. Like I think most, if not all, the the whole year. Yeah. They weren't really battling any of that. Yeah. So, um, so this potentially could be uh, you know a preview of maybe a, a finals in uh, in June. But uh, so we're four point favorite at home. Last time we saw them. We got waxed, but we didn't play. We didn't have Embiid in that game. It was the the night before Thanksgiving that we lost one twelve to ninety nine. Uh, Sixers made a big comeback in the fourth quarter of that game, mm-hmm. but yeah, we got we got dominated in, in that one pretty good. But uh, who do you guys uh, have in this one? Sixers four point favorite at home. Um, I believe we'll win it, especially after um. um the way we played against the Bulls, I think we'll come out and take care of business this time. Well, we talked about good test. This is a good test, right? Um, we'll get a good good view of how good we are uh, against top-level talent. They're tied for the best record in the league. They won nine of their last ten, um, three-game win streak. I think they have the third highest point differential in the league. Uh, we're number one in that regard. We're actually, have you guys seen that that point differential stat that we're like we're next to like the ninety six Bulls in point differential of like all time? Wow. As far as point no, differentials, yeah. As far as point differentials, we're like top three teams of all time in, in history right now. Above like the above the best Warrior team. Um, it's like next to the Bulls team. That'll happen um, when we've played um, the Pistons in yeah. Washington um, six times. Good time for that stat. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think we do win this. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, I, I think uh, I like that we're four-point favorites at home. Um, I think a lot of people are going to jump on Minnesota by game time. Um I mean, that's if, if you're not a Sixer fan for the most part, uh, I, that sounds sounds like a good bet. Like plus four with a, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Even though we're pretty hot too, but yeah, I, I think we I think we do win. But it'll be very exciting. I mean, and and uh, Maxi, two of the better scorers in the league. Um, you got three really good bigs to, to watch. So yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I probably should have said this before, um, but I'm looking at the injury report. Uh, Batum is out tomorrow. Marcus Morris and Robert Covington are game time decisions. So that means Ubre Ubre back in the starting lineup again. So we get starting Ubs. So I don't know if that changes anything. I'm still going to Okay. I still really. Yeah, not really. I mean, Batum, he's been a good defender, but I mean, who's he guarding McDaniels in that lineup? So it's like he's going to, you know, I was going to make or break anything for this game. Yeah, I thought McDaniels had a pretty good game last time we played them. Uh no no he actually didn't play that, that that's how we played oh never mind I mean, mm-hmm. didn't play last time we played but all right guys well that does it for us we'll see you guys Friday as we preview Raptors Saturday or Friday night game against the Raptors and of course the uh the long awaited Christmas Christmas uh, day game but that that's at eight p.m. uh game on Monday night so we'll preview all those mm-hmm. games for you guys Friday everyone we hope you guys enjoy the episode we'll see you guys next time all right all right take care guys.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.